Up to the minute. What's going on in the world? And where news breaks. Local news matters. This is the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware. It's always smart to know what's going on. Now on FM 1071. We are starting out at 46 degrees, 46, and it's going to go down. You know, it's always darkest and always coolest right before the light. Good morning, San Antonio. It's going to be a gorgeous, another beautiful day today, just like it was yesterday, maybe a tad warmer, and we're going to start a warm-up uh, tomorrow. We're going to dive right into the news, and anywhere in here that you want to jump in, please feel free at 210-599-5555. You can call that number. You can text that number. That's 210-599-5555. And as always, you can email me, Trey at KTSA.com. So we got the official announcement. We, we kind of knew the was in the works, but we got the official announcement yesterday that President Biden is going to be headed to Israel later on today, so he will be there tomorrow. The CENTCOM commander is already there. The Secretary of State is already there. Let's see, is there anybody else they need to put into that region right now before there's a, a, a huge conflagration of a war, apparently? 30 Americans killed by Palestinians Hamas, 600 trapped in Gaza. The Palestinians Hamas are holding Americans hostage. Biden, remember, was openly hostile towards Israel before all of this happened, refusing to meet with Israel's prime minister. And number two, that was number one, number two, Biden has been paying big dollars for hostages. And what did the Palestinian Hamas do? Well, the Palestinian Hamas they took hostages, including American hostages. Why? Because, you know, there's good money in it. Just like Russia made a ton of money, just like North Korea made a ton of money, just like other terrorist nations have made a ton of money, including now Hamas. And Joe's probably going with a gigantic black briefcase full of cash for Hamas to get those people out of there. He's going to do whatever he can, and that's going to include paying them off in order to get those people out of there so that he sees he looks like the hero on the worldwide stage uh, before the election happens. Meanwhile, there is an immense amount of American Naval and Marine Corps firepower that's headed toward that region right now, not including the numerous Air Force squadrons that are being deployed in that region right now, gearing up to defend Israel if uh, those Hezbollah forces in the north uh, start uh, shooting. Uh, we, we now know that Israel has found a couple of dozen rocket launchers, many of them already loaded and ready to go in uh, in the north. And it is thought right now that once Israel moves into Gaza, that that's when Hezbollah will begin firing the rockets in the north as Israel is uh, occupied down to the south. So in addition to our carrier strike groups that are there, we have two of them, the 26th Marine Expeditionary Unit Special Operations is on their way. They are coming from their bases in Kuwait. They are on the uh, amphibious assault ship USS Bataan, 2,400 Marines and sailors approximately, with aviation units that are flying F-35B MV-22 Ospreys and other helicopters. You have an infantry battalion that's going and supporting artillery and track units as well. 
and whatever special operation forces forces are with them too. As you well know, because it's been widely reported, we have two aircraft carrier strike groups there in the eastern Mediterranean, and of course now the Pentagon has told 2,000 U.S. troops here stateside, be ready for deployment uh, in support of Israel. Primarily, they tell us there's no infantry troops advising, of course, like we did in Vietnam, hardy har har, yeah right, and providing medical support as well. And it includes all branches of the U.S. Armed Services that are now being told to prepare for deployment in that region. All already, Israeli ground offensive in Gaza uh, has been delayed now uh, for any number of reasons. Uh, apparently, one is waiting for the president to get there and see what he's going to do when he gets there, but also because of this uh, move up in the north by Hezbollah, Israel has uh, pre-positioned some forces up there to stop anything that Hezbollah and is in Iran may try to do when Israel goes into uh, Gaza. Iran now is warning of a preemptive action against Israel. They repeatedly warned <coughs> that a ground invasion of Gaza would be met with their response from Iran, and they are now saying they may take preemptive action against Israel. Wait a minute. I, I, I thought there was no direct link with Iran in all of this. Isn't that what Blinken said? Isn't that what Kirby said? Isn't that what the mannequin said? when he was on 60 Minutes the other night. There's no direct link. We can't find any direct evidence that includes Iran in this. But yet, all of a sudden, we've got all the you know, uh, carrier strike forces. We're moving Marines around. We're telling 2,000 of our people to be ready to go. We've got all kinds of artillery that we have brought with our Marines. We have airplanes that are on the way. We have helicopters that are on the way. But, you know, Iran has nothing to do with this. Meanwhile, Vladimir Putin got on the hotline and called up Benjamin Netanyahu and offered to prevent a humanitarian disaster in Gaza. This is all PR work because, you know, nobody on, on the planet likes uh, Vladimir Putin. So this is trying to make him look like a good guy in the United States as, as bad guys right now. The real bad guys in all of this, obviously, Palestinian Hamas. Palestinian Hamas. Hamas has been confiscating car keys from those who want to leave Gaza. Now, Don told you in the newscast just a minute ago, about a million have moved down to the south as Israel's preparing to move into the north. But now Hamas has been going on because they're a bunch of cowards and they hide behind their civilians. And by the way, the civilians are ready to kill Jews because they are taught in their schools. See, they understand what American uh, education understands as well, and that's uh, you indoctrinate people, right? We're indoctrinate our, our kids in culture wars about gay people and transgender people and all this other stuff and, and hate America and hate Israel. That's what we do here. Over there, they indoctrinate their children to kill Jews. When you see Jews, you kill them. And they, they learn that from the time they're little bitty babies growing up in the school system there. So now what they're doing, as people are attempting to get out of the way because of all the bombs that have been falling on them, uh, Hamas is now grabbing their car keys so that they can't leave, so that when 
these innocent people that are not involved in the war, they're not innocent because they support Hamas. They voted for Hamas to be in power. They have been supporting Hamas. So nobody over there in the Gaza Strip is innocent. I, I, I hear all this stuff on, on TV with the talk shows, and they're talking about how, no, not everybody in the Gaza supports uh, Hamas and what they're doing. Well, it's very clear that the vast majority of them do. And so now they're going to be used as human shields. And the White House confirmed yesterday that Hamas is putting roadblocks in the way as well. So not only are they taking keys away, but they are uh, using roadblocks as well. And it's already been revealed that Hamas has Israeli Defense Forces uniforms. When they killed Defense Force people last Saturday uh, on the initial attack, terrorist attack, they took the uniforms of IDF uh, soldiers and troops. And so now it's been revealed that they will now wear those and they will kill Palestinians on camera while wearing those Israeli uniforms and then blame Israeli forces to turn American uh, uh, PR and, and American media against Israel and try to bring pressure on Israel to stop. In fact, they have already begun doing that on YouTube. They are describing what Israel is doing, clearing the path as a massacre, a set of morally indefensible war crimes, etc., on YouTube. And it's been picked up by MSNBC, by uh, other left-wing media here. Uh, United Nations Relief Coordinator Martin Griffiths he said yesterday, history is watching, and he was on YouTube yesterday cautioning Israel to think twice before going in a full-ground invasion of Gaza, so on and so forth. And that, that's just uh, perfect for American media who pick it up. And Joe talks about it in the morning, you know, and throughout the day you've got MSNBC saying, look how awful the Israelis are and so on. And the one word you're beginning to hear now and you will hear more of in the coming days is proportionality, proportionality, proportionality. Get ready to hear a lot of that. Because Israel is going to go into the Gaza with overwhelming force, overwhelming tanks and air support and missiles, whatever they need to fight this new kind of war. Remember, the rats are underground, and that's where they've got to go. They've got to go underground with fire and burn the rats out. Problem is, they've got hostages down there, and some of them are American hostages. And this is not 1968 with Entebbe anymore. So anyway, proportionality is something you're going to hear a lot about on left-wing media in the coming days. You'll hear ABC on this station talk about how the uh, response is not proportional to what Hamas did. This is overwhelming. This is way much more, more, more than, uh, than, uh, than Hamas did two Saturdays ago, so on. You're going to hear that. Just prepare yourself for that. Where were you 25 years ago today when one of the most uh, incredible natural disasters happened right here 25 years ago? Can you think about that? I'll tell you when we come back. Trey Ware, KTSA. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to... September 17th of 1998, 24, 25 years ago, where were you? Do you know? 98? I was in yeah. College Station working okay. country radio. Okay. What about you, Elaine? I was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right so there? she already, knows the, she already knows the answer then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On this day, 25 years ago, that's when we got the gigantic flood in 1998 when it first hit. And oh. I'll never forget. Remember that? Yeah, I and did. I came back into town and I toured New Braunfels with uh, Barb Flores, another fellow radio person. 
And right. Yeah, just blown away at what went through that area of town. I mean, that was nuts. Um, Apartment complexes wiped out and stuff. That was crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was, you know, we had all kinds of damage like that. In fact, there were uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in uh, damage. 10,000 people displaced. A billion, one billion in property damage was done. And we got 11, uh, about 11 and a quarter inches of rain at the San Antonio International Airport in one day, which beat out a 1921 record. So much water that in three hours it would have filled the Alamo Dome from the floor all the way to the top. We had some we deaths, had tw- too, didn't we? Oh, yeah. yeah. There we was did. Some. We had 29 yeah. people. Yeah. 29 people in Bear County died. A lot of people down in Cuero, because remember, we had, we had just that year, the year before, December of 97, so not quite a year, had completed the downtown drainage project. <clears throat> and thank God for that for people here because all that water went down in the new drainage oh. project and was evacuated out of downtown, but it went straight toward the coast. <clears throat> and, um, and with three days of rain, 30 inches in San Marcos, Guadalupe River was, was full. We all remember that. And uh, <clears throat> I went, I had to go to Cuero because I was speaking at a, at a prison uh, and I, I going that way, going toward Cuero, you could see boats up in treetops, uh, trash, you know, people's clothing up in treetops and everything like that. But I'll never forget where I was that, that morning when it started. I was doing a remote over on Nacogdoches Road. Had a friend that opened up one of these fast, quick uh, lube places that change oil real fast. And I had my friend Chip Godfordson bring his race car over and put it on display. And we were there signing autographs and all. And it started raining. And uh, it rained for about an hour, and we still had another hour or so to go on the remote. And I told Chip, I said, man, we need to, we, we probably need to go because I have no idea how long this is going to last. And I went over to I-35 to go north up toward New Braunfels. And right there at Weedner Road, it was com- I-35 was completely underwater. And uh, I got to my house, and at that time, the house we lived in then, we lived in a cul-de-sac. And the rain water would would go around the house from the backyard, and it had stacked up behind my fences. I had to knock my fences down to let the water go and, and let it flow out. And it was just, it, it, I remember, I'll never forget it, it just kept coming. It wouldn't stop, the rain. Man, that was, um, and then Willie did his big uh, concert uh, to raise money at Green Hall, I think, or somewhere down there. I don't remember. I don't remember him doing anything like. But he probably no, did. I don't no, he, yeah, he did. He did something in '98 or something like to that. raise money. To raise money. Yeah. But that just blew our area away. Like you said, from here all the way down to Cuero, that's that's a good drive. That's a lot of land to be covered in water. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, there is a place uh, in McQueenie at 725 and 78 on the corner there. And it used to be a place where guys would store their boats. You know, you could put your boat in there and lock it up. And it became a place where when they went out and found a boat somewhere all along the the waterways, all the way from here to the coast, they would bring it there. And so my parents would used to live over there in the Seguin area near there. So that's one of the places I would go by, going to their house. And going by there, man, you could just see all the boats that would that were stacking up in the parking lot over there from that were just washed out. They came from Canyon Lake and uh, the rivers and everywhere else, and they just washed all the way down to the coast. So it was just like a lost and found of boats, and yeah. you people would yeah. drive up and be like, "Yep, that one's mine. There's, yeah, there's my tags. I remember that exactly." Well, you know, most people just they called the insurance company and said, "Boat's gone. You know, I have no idea where it is." Uh, there were lots of boats that were sunk. 
you know, um, I, I remember Dunlap had some boats that were sunk in it. Canyon had some boats that were sunk in it. I mean, it was – I've, I've never seen anything like that. And, again, in this, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the summer of 2002, it did it again. Yeah. It came back like that. Yeah, I do. Because everyone so, was yeah. – we were supposed to be like, I thought that was the 100-year flood. No, no, right. no, no, no. This was the 500-year flood. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah, we were like again. This is going to happen, and sure enough, it, it, it and it wasn't as bad as '98, but it was still uh, incredibly bad. In fact, when when '98 happened, my grandmother was uh, I don't know in her 80s, and she was living in a retirement community. And they had to take uh, dump trucks over there and put those old people. They tied ropes to them and put them up in the back of that dump truck to get them out. When 2002 happened, I went over there with my son. Get them and out we got with her dump out of there. trucks? Yes. Put them in the back of dump trucks and drove. That's the only thing that would drive in the, in the flood. Yeah, you needed That's a, the only thing big enough. Something that heavy. Otherwise, yes. water would wash it away. So I can see exactly. why they would do that. Yes, they took dump trucks in there and tied the tied ropes to those old people and took them to the back of those dump <laughs> trucks and put them in the back of dump trucks and drove them out. That's how they, that's how right. she got out. I know, but that's well, it's better than being washed away, flooded inside. A little inside redneck ingenuity. <laughs> well, that's right. This is Texas. They, they there were four there was four feet of water in her little casita over there that she lived in that retirement community. Four feet of water. They had to completely take the walls out and rebuild it after it was all over. Anyway, that was twenty five years ago today, but nothing like that today. Gonna to be mostly sunny in seventy seven. Right now, forty six at KTSA. America's Diamond offers our five years, sixty months. Well, that's a fact. We talk about big issues and we're talking about them with you. As always, my phones are open at 210-599-5555. You can call or you can text that number, 210-599-5555. Or you can also send me an email. That's Trey, T-R-E-Y, at KTSA.com. I love hearing from you. Love uh, talking with you about the big stories of the day. The big story today internationally, of course, and I think this is, you know, uh, if I'm just going to ruminate on this, it's kind of interesting that, the Ukraine war apparently is not happening anymore. The presidential race where they are persecuting and prosecuting Donald Trump is not happening anymore. But I do have I do have one story about that coming up here in just a couple of seconds. All the attention right now is focused on being focused on what's going on in the Middle East because this has the potential of turning into literally World War Three. We we are in a time right now, and I, I got to tell you the the weakness of Joe Biden is uh, clearly one of the things to blame in all of this. Clearly. There's no doubt in my mind. There's two major points about Joe Biden I'll make in just a second, feeding what's happening in our world today. Because it's very simple. It's a very simple principle that every parent understands. You get more of what you reward and less of what you uh, criticize or less of what you punish. So we'll talk about that in a second. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is going to the Middle East. I don't know if he's going, taking, you know, briefcases full of cash. It would appear to me that that's what he's planning to do, to try to get these hostages out of, uh, you know, Hamas. Uh, probably uh, pressurizing, because remember, or putting pressure on uh, Israel, because remember, uh, Blinken is basically living there right now. Now the CENTCOM commander is there. We're rolling all these ships and all these missiles and all these helicopters and everything else, and now Marines are on their way. So it would seem to me that Joe's going over there with a whole lot of money to try to buy off the Palestinian Hamas brigades and be able to get uh, the Americans out of there. But two points I want to make about President Biden here. 
And when I say President Biden, as you well know, I'm talking about the people who are controlling him. He's a mannequin at this point. He's not the actual president of the United States. But Bob Gates made it very clear, the former defense secretary and dean up at A&M made it perfectly clear when he said Joe Biden has gotten every foreign policy issue wrong over the last 40 years, and he has. He has screwed up more and been on the wrong side of more foreign policy issues than anybody in the history of American politics. So just two points, and I could make a 100 probably, but just two. He was openly hostile toward Israel, openly. Refused to meet with Benjamin Netanyahu, turned his nose up at Israel, was openly hostile to them. You can go back and you can read the articles in, in the Wall Street Journal and see where Joe Biden was treating Israel like they were a horrible entity, um, like they weren't even supposed to be part of that. Look, again, I've got a memory because I've been doing this a long time. And I remember when Barack Hussein Obama was the president, like he is now behind the scenes, but the open president, and he refused to be seen with Benjamin Netanyahu. Number one, after he met with Benjamin Netanyahu, he made him leave by the servant's entrance. I'll never forget that. So humiliating. You know where they meet heads of state at the White House and they do the thing in front of the fireplace in the Oval Office and they shake hands when they get out of the car. And if they brought their wife, then the first lady is there and they kiss each other very nicely, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Then they go inside and they'll have a meal and then they'll do their opening remarks in front of the fireplace and then they'll have their meetings, their formal meetings, whatever that means. And then they escort them out through the front door. It, it's kind of like you having a dinner guest over and being ashamed of that dinner guest. So you tell that dinner guest, hey, you got to go out the back door, man. I don't, I don't want my neighbors to see you. That's exactly what Barack did. And then his Organizing for America project, do you remember that? You remember that group that he funded and started Organizing for America? It was a militant group that was, you know, started to, to uh, d divide America and to bring about the, the race wars that have been going on in America since he was president, all those kind of things. He dispatched them to Israel and funded them with taxpayer money, mind you, in order to overthrow Benjamin Netanyahu and to put in a puppet in Ehud Barak over in, uh, in Israel. I'll never forget how, how uh, Israel was treated by Barack Obama and now Barack Obama's proxy, Joe Biden. So the world saw that. Iran saw that. Hamas saw that. Hezbollah saw the way that Biden, uh, the proxy for uh, Obama, they, they were rubbing their hands together when Biden got back in office because it was Obama back in office and they could pick up where they left off and go after Israel which is their lifelong dream that they are committed to, not just coexisting. They say Palestinians from the river to the sea. That's what they chant. That means the complete, that means the Jordan River over by Jordan, all the way across to the Mediterranean Sea, Palestinians, they don't want any Jews there. They are committed to the destruction of the Jewish nation known as Israel. That's what they are committed to. And so that's Barack has joined them in that. And now Joe Biden, as the puppet who sits on his knee, has joined them in that as well. <clears throat> so the number two thing that they have been doing, and remember, you know, all you got to do is go back to the eight years that Barack was the president openly, 
you know, when we would see him be the president. Now you don't see him be the president, even though he is. They pay for hostages. <laughs> and, of course, you know, like any parent knows, you get more of what you reward. And so if you're going to reward paying terrorists for hostages, well, they're going to take more hostages. You don't negotiate with terrorists, and you certainly don't pay them for hostages. Period. Full stop. Remember Bo Bergdahl? Remember Susan Rice on five television shows in one Sunday morning? He served with honor and distinction, and we're going to bring him home, and we're going to pay whatever the ransom is to bring him home. Oh, bullcrap. <laughs> so, you know, Joe Biden has been doing the same, or this administration has been doing the exact same thing. They have been buying back hostages from hostage takers and terrorists and terrorist nations around the world. Brittany Griner's a prime example. You know, and we could go on and we could name all the others. He just gave Iran $6 billion and Iranian hostages back in order to get a couple of our people back. And so Iran goes, hoo ha-ha, we got money. And now we can use that money to fund Hamas with the bombs and the bullets and the stuff that they need to go after Israel and to take hostages because we know Joe will pay to get those hostages back. It is the, the most unbelievable um, failure of leadership that I've ever seen in the history of the world, particularly the history of our country. We are talking about the weakest leader that we have ever, weakest foreign policy leader and, and domestic policy leader we've ever had in Joe Biden and what he has been able to accomplish for the left and for every other nation. And keep in mind the whole idea you got to knock America down a few notches so that we're not, as Barack said, you're no, more, you're no more special America than any other nation on planet Earth. If you think we're, we're exceptional, he said, yeah, we're as exceptional as the U.K. or Africa or South Korea or any of these other countries. We're just as exceptional as, as they are. And he was the president leading this nation when he said that. This is who these people are. You have to pull back the veil, and you have to see exactly what they're doing, and that is to knock America down a few notches. And so, you know, it, I'm just preparing you. I'm not, I'm not making a prediction. This is not a prediction. It's preparedness. Uh, if Joe's going over there tomorrow with a briefcase full of cash to throw at Hamas to get those people out of there. Uh, we shall see. But what I just recited to you has already happened. It's, it's near and far history and helped put them in a position of power over Israel and over us right now. And they think they're holding the cards, and we shall see. And there's a new Ipsos poll that came out this morning concerning Joe Biden and what Americans think about him. And today's going to be the vote for the Speaker of the House. We'll talk about that when we come back. And a, and a judge moves against Donald Trump yesterday, obviously. More election interference. I'll tell you more about that on this very cool morning. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, Don Morgan here. want to talk to you a little bit about the hot summer months we've just experienced and the damage that it may have done to your roof. Walton Roofing is standing by waiting for your phone call to come over and do a free roof inspection. Now, the intense summer heat, your roof has taken a pounding. And now we're starting to see some rain in the forecast. You don't want to be in a situation where you're in the middle of dinner with your family and rain starts coming through your ceiling. Walton Roofing is standing by 210-272-ROOF. 
Give them a call, ask to see one of their experts, and do a free roof inspection. They'll have somebody there usually within 24 hours. And once they've done their inspection, they climb back down. If they've found any damage, they'll have some pictures to show you and tell you about your options. And if you need to file an insurance claim, you do that. Then Walton takes it from there. And then if you need some help with financing, they've got some terrific options for you right now. Call them today, Walton Roofing Company, 210-272-ROOF. They've been building Texas Tough Roofs since 1961. This is Mark Sadowski for line for my voicemail at the radio station is 210-654-5155. 210-654-5155. Love, love, love for you to say the Pledge of Allegiance there so you can uh, we, we can play you on the radio. Uh, it's 210-654-5155. You just leave it on my voicemail and we'll play you on the radio at 550 and 650 here on KTSA. It's 552 right now. Well, uh, look, the Cowboys won last night, and it didn't look like they were going to at the beginning of the game. They rallied in the fourth quarter, 20 to 17 was the final score. So a lot of people are happy that the Cowboys came back. Four and two sure looks a lot better than three and three, that's for sure. ABC News Ipsos poll is out this morning. Americans are not happy with Biden. And what's significant about this is it's ABC. You know, they try to whitewash him. They, they try to prop him up. They propagandize for him. They try to make him look as good as they can. They edit the pieces where he speaks, where he sounds coherent, right? And uh, they do all that all the time. And so, but this one, I mean, they can't cover these polls. There's no way, you know, who used to, who used to say lipstick on a pig? Was that Sarah Palin? Anyway, uh, lipstick on a pig, they can't, they can't put enough lipstick on this pig. And people don't like this guy. They don't like what he's doing to this country. And that includes Democrats. And yet they continue to run their stories about he's outraising every Republican and he's on his track to becoming the second. And they're just pushing and pushing and pushing because they know they're going to cheat. They know what they're going to do. They've got a plan, and they're going to work that plan to put him right back in the White House so that they can continue the destruction of this country. And that's the bottom line. 26% approve of his border. 26% approve of what he's doing at the border. And this has become, you know, one of the most critical issues that has ever faced our country, next to the Courage Gun Theft Program that he's going to try to do next month down at the Alamo Dome, where he's encouraging criminals to go steal your gun. With Joe Biden, the border's completely open. And we now have information coming to us that terrorists have cells, terror cells, throughout various cities in this country. And we're working on a very special guest to expose that for you here very, very soon. But it's all because Joe Biden opened up the border. <laughs> so 26% approve of his border stuff, 29% approve of the inflation and the economy, and 33% approve of crime. And, of course, when I look at those numbers, I say, okay, who are these people? <laughs> who are the 29% or 26% who approve of the border, 29% who approve of the economy, and 33% who approve of, of crime? Uh, even CNBC had a story yesterday in which they uh, reported that people now between the ages of 21 and 64, which is your prime working and earning time, right, are now focused more on just getting by and paying the bills than they are on saving and for retirement. Because they can't even think about saving for retirement or even saving any money at all right now. Because everything that people are making, because all the prices are up 20%, 
since Joe Biden got into office. And by the way, you're hearing the stories about gas prices coming down. That's not because of anything that he's done or any policy that he's put into place or any change that has happened with American policy. He's not drilling more. He's not importing, importing more oil. What that is is a recession. And when you have a recession, just like a couple of years ago during COVID, demand goes down and so do prices at the pump because nobody's buying gas. Because we are now officially, well, I wouldn't say officially because they're, they're never going to call it that, but we're now in a recession. And when you're in a recession, demand goes down. And the first, one of the first places you see that is demand on energy and gasoline. And you see gasoline prices go down. Meanwhile, uh, grassroots energized for GOP unity behind Jim Jordan's speakership bid. Today is the day, uh, apparently, reportedly, when the Republicans are going to vote on whether or not Jim Jordan is going to be their choice. And uh, national news media is trying to make this interesting. They're trying to make it uh, worth talking about. Uh, they're saying, I don't know that he's going to get the 217 that's going to be necessary for him to become speaker. And uh, one of the most ridiculous things yesterday that the uh, news media was hyping, well, now we've got people on the left and the right trying to agree. It looks like they're going to agree on nominating George W. Bush for Speaker of the House. <laughs> and, and, and that was put up, by the way, by a Democrat. So when I read that story, of course, the first thing that hit me was, now you know what Democrats think about George W. Bush. They loved him. <laughs> George W. Bush was one of them in the Uniparty. They don't like uh, Jim Jordan at all because Jim is a dyed-in-the-wool American uh, conservative patriot, and he's going to rule the House that way as Speaker. So anyway, uh, conservatives have been bi uh, burning down, and they, they said literally melting the phone lines down in Washington, D.C., building uh, for, for Jim Jordan and the Speakership, which that vote will come today. Meanwhile, more election interference from the U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin. That's in the Trump case in Washington, D.C. She put a gag order on Trump yesterday. So that's election interference because now she says he can't talk about this case openly. They are trying, really, bottom line is election interference. They're trying to disappear Donald Trump. They're trying to remove his voice totally and completely from the public square and not allow him to speak at all in the public square, and it's not going to work. He has a First Amendment right to say what he wants to say in this country. So she can try that, but they're going to appeal it, and they're going to win on appeal. River City Oral Surgery and Dr. Mark Avicorn here for you with so many great plans to be able to get you the implants. They're going to get you the smile that you want and the ability to chew food once again that maybe you have lost because you have poor teeth health. Now, don't let that bother you. Don't think that you're going to be embarrassed when you go see Dr. Havercorn and the team at River City Oral Surgery. You're not. Uh, they're just going to help you get the implants that are really going to make a big difference in your look, your emotions, and, of course, your ability to, to eat right. And now they've got an MD medical anesthesiologist trained in cardiac care to put you completely asleep when they do the implant work at River City Oral Surgery. This is the pinnacle of outpatient surgery, and you get it all from our friends at River City Oral Surgery. We're talking the highest quality care. We're talking upfront prices right on the website. And now an MD anesthesiologist trained in cardiac care putting you completely asleep for your implant care. Just uh, go to their website, get all the details right there, and they're going to treat you right. RiverCityOMS.com. You know that big bar. It's it's sort of a different challenge than last week. Last week was this 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 sense of helplessness and hopelessness, uh, the 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 fear and the anxiety of all the evils that took place. Today, there's a a different kind of of anxiety. Um, you know, the idea that Israel may go in for a 
a ground um, uh, offensive uh, into to try and retain the hostages in in uh, Gaza or the the stress of of Hezbollah in the north. It's just it's a different kind of anxiety. It's it's not that immediate shock. Now it's just this this fear of an ongoing war taking place. What do people in Israel tell you about the threats that are coming out of Iran and out of Hezbollah now? Um, we're we're told, and I don't know how much of this we can uh, decipher is true or not. I do have people in the IDF I've been talking to, but the national media here is at least trying to say that what's happened with the delay is uh, that they're concerned about what might happen with Hezbollah in the north, that Israel has come across about two dozen rocket launchers, some of them, uh, many of them loaded and ready to fire, that Iran has said, you know, if you if you go into the Gaza in a widespread attack, then we're going to come after you. Um, of course, the, the tensions, as you said, are, are running extremely high. So what do your contacts in Israel tell you, uh, other than what you've already said about the, the tension being high, but about why the delay? I mean, we're now uh, over a week into this thing, and uh, and they haven't moved in so far yet. Well, I, I, I think we can all, you know, no, none of us are really in the room where the decisions or the, the uh, explanations well, are true. being but but I think that that the sense in Israel right now is that the holdup in Gaza is more about trying. At the end of the day, Israel is trying to get the hostages out. That's Israel's primary care, and and you know going in, the initial um, response to go in was to retrieve the hostages. Right now, if there's a way to be able to retrieve the hostages without having to jeopardize Israeli soldiers' lives, additional Palestinian, innocent Palestinian lives, um, in order to not have Hezbollah attack from the north and have multi-front, uh, a, a, a war on multi-fronts take place. It, it, this has all been about, you know, is, Israel's military is called a defense force for a reason. Israel is all about trying to defend its people, to defend the right to be able to live peacefully. And, and any opportunity that Israel has to be in a position of, of a non-aggression, of not having to, to do what it needs to do, what many of us feel should be done, um, they're going to do it because it's all about the hostages right now. Well, and even here in the United States, and we'll get to this in a minute, we're hearing that chant of Palestine from the uh, from the river to the sea, which is, of course, the elimination of all Jews in Israel. And we'll talk about that in just a couple of seconds, Nami. I, I, I do understand, I, and this is on very good authority, that Hamas has IDF uniforms that they uh, removed from soldiers that they murdered, and uh, that they will be wearing those uniforms and killing hostages and killing uh, Palestinians and doing that on camera in order to win the, the PR battle. Uh, they already have their YouTube channels set up. American media, mass media, is following those YouTube channels and airing what comes off of those channels. So they're going to try to sway and and pull American public opinion away from Israel, and, and already they've been working to isolate Israel and paint Israel as the, as the bad person in this. And one word that continues to come up is proportionality. In other words, if Israel goes in with this overwhelming force, which obviously they should, and obviously they should do everything necessary to utterly and completely destroy Hamas so they can never be rebuilt. But when they do that, then you're going to hear a lot in American media about, uh, you know, this was a, a way over-the-top response from Israel. This was not necessary. 
necessary. And look, here's these IDF soldiers who are killing the hostages and so on. So the battle is going to be on a couple of fronts. One of them is going to be not only there and, and Israeli IDF troops that are going to be having to go house to house, much like our troops did in Iraq uh, during the Fallujah uh, battle, but uh, but also in in the court of public opinion. Yeah, look, I, I think unfortunately Jews and the state of Israel have have lost in the court of public opinion um, many for many years, generation after generation. Uh, the reality is that those who are anti-Semitic, those who want to blame the Jews, those who want to blame Israel, um, do it whether it's it's real. Um, or not, they don't really care. Uh, in a situation like this, this is exactly what Hamas was after. You know, when people talk about proportionality or when people talk about Israel, um, you know, having to, to attack and, and, and bring down buildings, the reality is that anybody, any loss of life on the Palestinian side, the innocent Palestinian side is obviously terrible. But the fact is that taking hostages is a different kind of pain and suffering. Yes, the, those who died in Israel, people will be able to mourn their bodies, bury the bodies, and, and as painful as it is, they're going to be able to move forward. But those who have hostages have been taken away from them, every day they wake up and their heart is ripped out of their, their, their bodies once again. And, and the idea of hostages taking is a terrorist approach. And the, you know, the, the notion that this is somehow justified or the notion that this is somehow some kind of an, of an act of, of um, you know, from stress or pressure from Israel. Israel has threats every day on its home. You know, it, it's, it's hard to explain this to somebody who, who hasn't lived this their whole life. But the fact of the matter is, if we had somebody standing outside our home every day, trying to get in, trying to do pain and suffering and, and horrors to us inside our home, we wouldn't open the door. We would make sure that they were on the other side. We would protect ourselves, you know, and, and, and do everything we could to make sure they're not there. That is Israel protecting its home from outside threats. And, and, and unless you've lived through it, unless you've, you've had that experience, it's hard to explain. That is very well said, Nami. Nami Ikalov is my guest from the Jewish Federation in San Antonio. And uh, let's be perfectly clear about this. Any loss of innocent life, whether it be Jewish life, Palestinian life, American life, there are French people being held there, I am told, and others as well. Any loss of innocent life is on Hamas and Hamas alone. Hamas brought this. Hamas has been bombing Israel Every single day, you know, we, we point to last Saturday as the major event, but missiles and rockets have been fired into Israel. I've been there when it's happened, and missiles and rockets have been fired into Israel every single day by these terrorist organizations. So any loss, any one, one life, one innocent life that is lost is on Hamas. All life, lives that are lost in this is on Hamas and not on Israel. Israel is the responding force here, not the aggressor in all this. I want to make that perfect clear now before i let you go i want to bring it back home uh because yeah. 
you know, I, I we're we're working to get a, a terrorist expert on this morning. I think she's going to be with us here in a little while to talk about the cells that have been able to come across the southern border and set up here in our country. Um, and I have a very good friend. You and I have a mutual very good friend. I'm not going to mention his name, but um, his his children, and particularly his son, is over in the D.C. area. And he feels threatened every day because he has people right outside his door who are protesting against Jews here in the United States. He has to now hide his Star of David. He can't walk openly in the United States for fear that he is going to be attacked by Palestinian supporters here in our country. So let me just ask you, Nami, your level of concern about domestic incidents uh, how uh, the Jewish people are being treated here in our country or may be treated here in our country, the, the sleeper cells that the FBI is now warning about and so on. I just want to get your thoughts about all that. Yeah, look, uh, the, the, the challenge is that if the, the rallies that are, are claiming to be pro-Palestinian, if they were condemning Hamas as a terrorist organization, I could give them a little bit of credit. But those rallies are anti-Jew, are anti-Israel. Those right, rallies right. are expressed against, uh, you know, against a particular group of individuals. They are genocidal rallies. And, and it's not that they're pro-Palestinian condemning the leadership of Hamas that has been the cause and the brunt of pain of the innocent civilians in Palestine. That, to be clear, it is not Israel that is causing those lives suffer. It is Hamas's leadership, and they're a terrorist organization designated so by the United States, and, and to see rallies where somehow they're, they're justified or they're protected or they're promoted, that's impossible for me to, to try and understand. And, and I hope you know, many of the listeners here are, are, are struggling with that same understanding that how can somebody support a terrorist organization. I have not heard anybody condemn Hamas, but they're quick to condemn the United States government. They're quick to condemn Israel as a neighboring country. They're quick to condemn any, uh, you know, because they live in a free society. But to not condemn Hamas, I don't understand. Yeah. No, you well said. And, of course, now they're chanting from the river to the sea, Palestinians uh, will be, and they continue to chant that here in our country. They have First Amendment right to do that, but it's so sickening uh, to hear them do that. Um, and it's a dark time. It is a very dark time for the Jewish people everywhere. But we will shine the light. And, uh, and this show, as long as I'm doing this, will have the backs of Israel and the Jewish people. And, Nami, I, I wish you all the best, and I, I hope you'll come back and be with me soon for another update. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Trey. And my mother also thanks you for getting the story out. We, we're gratefully appreciative. Thank you. G give her our, our very best, and God bless her. Anami Ikolov uh, from the Jewish Federation of San Antonio joining us here. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem and all the Jewish people as well. We'll take a quick break. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. The roof over your head, well, that goes without saying. It's one of the most important parts of your home. It keeps you high and dry inside of your castle. But during the hot summer months, that could be affected. Your your shingles can dry out, can start to separate from the wood. Now you got wood exposed, and the next time you get rain, and we are you know moving into that time of year when rain's going to come and go, and uh, that could be a big problem. It could rot that wood over your head, and then 
kind of say, you know, you got water in the house. You can also have the drying out around the vent pipes where they have all the caulking and stuff like that. You've seen that stuff around the vent pipes. And when that stuff dries out, you can get a little pinhole leak, and it grows and it grows and it grows. The next thing you know, you got a lot of water up in the attic, but you didn't know that it was falling in there because you didn't have the roof inspected. So that's why Stevens gives you a free, absolutely no obligation, roof inspection. Stevens Roofing. They look at every square inch of it, and if it's good to go, they'll tell you that. But if you need some work done, if it's minor repair, hey, they'll talk with you about that. If it's a whole new roof you need, they'll show you all the options. You have a lot of options for that as well. And then they'll work with your insurance company to get your money back. Really good folks from right here in San Antonio, like I have always said about them. Buy local, trust local, stay local with Stevens Roofing at stevensroofing.net. Mostly sunny today. KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. Hey, it's 622 now at KTSA. Good morning. Trey Ware here at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. You can call. You can text. You can email me, Trey, at KTSA, and I'll be uh, KTSA.com, and I'll be reading some uh, texts here in the next uh, couple of minutes. Brigitte Gabriel is talking about, and I've had her on the show many, many times. Um, in fact, we had her on the day of that attack that was thwarted in front of that conference she was at. Do you remember all that? Years ago when ISIS was blowing stuff up, this was back during the Obama, the first Obama, the, the yes, the first Obama administration. We're now in the third Obama administration. And uh, she was having that uh, conference, and the, the terrorist uh, showed up, and he was going to attack the conference, and he was taken out out front by somebody who was armed. And th this is going to get me to my point. But anyway, uh, we are requesting Brigitte to be on the show this morning to talk about the terrorist sales because she has a listing of where the cells are, like in Maryland and in Florida and in New York and in Boston and in places all across the country. So I want to talk with her this morning about that, Brigitte Gabriel. But uh, when that happened, it was, a, it was an armed citizen who stopped that terrorist attack outside of her conference. Now, I, I know that you hear me say a lot about the Second Amendment here on this show because I am a huge supporter of gun rights. I don't try to force gun ownership on anybody. None of the rights are supposed to be that way. A right is a right that is given to you from God to exercise at your discretion. Not that you have to or you're compelled to exercise that right, right? But you do have that right if you so choose and, um, you know, and, and defend that right. Well, that's the right of free speech. If you want to shut your mouth, then you can shut your mouth. But you don't have to, and that's the point. If you don't want to carry a gun or have a gun to protect yourself and your family, well, that's fine. You don't have to do that. But you can, because the Second Amendment to the Constitution, given by God, rights that are granted by God, says you can. Now, we are under assault in this country like never before. We're talking about law-abiding citizens under assault in this country like never before, particularly on the issue of gun ownership. Now, I can make a case that we're under assault on First Amendment rights and religious freedom and all those kind of things as well, and we've made those points here on the show before, but I want to focus on gun rights right now because of the current situation of the world and where we are right now. And that is, you have a right to keep and bear arms, and it shall not be infringed. And that right is under assault by people in power, Joe Biden, 
who is, of course, a mannequin working for, he's a proxy for Barack Obama, who did this during his first two terms as well, tried to disarm law-abiding citizens. Nothing that they ever propose, nothing that they ever talk about, whether their name is Biden, Obama, Clinton, or John Courage, nothing that they ever talk about will disarm the criminals. The bad guys will keep their weapons, but the good guys will lose theirs. And in this case, you and I both know that crime is on the rise in the streets of San Antonio and wherever you can hear my voice right now. Crime is on the rise because of these DAs that have gone soft on crime and they're allowing the criminals to roam free among us. And they're allowing, they've opened the border, and they are allowing criminal elements from around the world to come into this country and also be a threat to us. We have the story of Tennessee, the guy from Honduras yesterday that had been deported four times and kept coming back during the uh, Biden administration and has killed two people in Tennessee. That's not an uncommon story. I wish it were, but that's not an uncommon act here in this country. Criminal illegal aliens are here and they're raping and killing people. That's just a fact. That's a simple fact of the times at which, which we live. But it's also a fact that these nations and these, these terrorist organizations have planted people here in this country as well. There's no doubt about that. FBI Director Christopher Wray was talking about that yesterday, uh, trying to get the attention of the American people to be on the lookout and to be aware and look at your surroundings and so on. We already know that if you're Jewish in this country, you are being harassed every day, every day in this country. It's happening every day. Um, and it continues. But you don't have to be Jewish to be harassed or to be threatened. And, again, it makes something like what John Courage is going to, the councilman from District 9, is attempting to do, which I call a gun theft program because it encourages gun thefts in our, in our community. Um, and that's all it does. People go steal guns and they go turn them in so they get their HEB food. And I, I can't believe HEB is allowing this to go on and use their name and their cards to go buy this food. I can't believe that. And it's San Antonio taxpayer dollars, and San Antonians ought to stand up about this thing because what they're trying to do is disarm law-abiding citizens at a time when law-abiding citizens are facing the biggest threat we've ever faced, not only from criminals in the streets, not only from illegal aliens, but terrorists who are here in this country. This John Courage thing should never, ever have been brought up to happen here in San Antonio. And, John, you should be ashamed of yourself for doing it. You should denounce it, and you should get away from it, and you should cancel it right now. Because I'm going to tell you, not only are you encouraging people to go steal guns from law-abiding citizens by this very program, but you're also going to put their lives in danger when they don't have their gun to defend themselves. Councilman Courage, you need to cancel this. You need to cancel it right now. All right. 628 Trey Ware, KTSA, 210-599-5555. When we come back, I'll take your calls. 210-599-5555. I want to tell you about Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield is going to look great on your home. It's going to protect your home with that extra layer of protection. You see, Rhino Shield is not paint. It goes on like paint. And to a lot of people who just look at it, it looks like paint, but it's not. You see what it is? It's ceramic coating. And they can put it on any surface, whether you're talking about your brick or your wood or your hardy plank, whatever you've got on the outside of your home, they can put it on there. And when they put it on, not only does it look great and protect your home, but it gives you added insulation value, too, because it's eight times thicker than paint. comes with a 25-year non-prorated warranty that is transferable, 
And you get $500 off of your Rhino Shield application when you mention Trey Ware when you get her done. So why don't you log on to the website and see what I've been talking about, see what I've been telling you about Rhino Shield and how it can improve your home, the look of your home, the insulation value of your home with a 25-year non-prorated warranty. Basically, you're one and done with Rhino Shield at TexasRhinoShield.com. Is your AC working but the house is still uncomfortable? 46 outside. It's chilly. But we got a little warming trend that's going to settle in. Good morning. 210-599-5555. A word about SAISD and the uh, battle over closing these schools here in just a while. But I brought this up in the first hour of the show. I'm going to bring it up again here. And I'm going to throw the phone lines open if anybody wants to, to uh, take a break from war and pestilence and frogs in the river and the river turning to <laughs> You know, all the stuff that we got going on in the world right now. If we want to take a break from that real quick, let's... Let's go down memory lane, because I did this with Jimmy and Elaine earlier today, and I'll have them turn their mics on in here and, and do this again. 25 years ago today. I don't know where you were or what you were doing. I'll tell you where I was. Uh, I was over on Nacogdoches Road. A friend of mine had just opened up one of these quick oil chains places, and I had asked another friend of mine to bring his race car over and put it on display. That was Chip Gottfordson. He brought it over, and we had it on display, and we were standing around, and we were signing autographs, and I was doing commercials on KTSA for the quick lube place, and we were having a good Saturday, and then it started raining. And then it kept raining. <laughs> and we were supposed to be there for, I don't remember, two or three hours, and it just kept raining and raining. And I finally looked at Chip. I, I told the owner of the quick lube place, as I said, he was a friend of mine, I said, we're going to go. We're going to get out of here because I have no idea what's going to happen here. And I told Chip, take that race car and get out of here because this is not this is not looking good. And so uh, that was on Akadosha. So I went over and got on 35 and uh, tried to head north on 35. And 35 was a river at Weedner. I mean, completely underwater at Weedner by that time. And I got home, and we at that time we lived in a in a cul-de-sac, and the water uh, behind the house would go around the house on both sides. I designed the, the backyard that way. And it had built up about four feet deep behind the fence. And I'd go out with a sledgehammer and knock the fence down on both sides of the house, let that water out and drain into the cul-de-sac. My grandmother was living in shirts at the time in old folks, um, uh, kind of like a assisted living place. Each of them had their own little bitty casita, you know, right? And, Jimmy, you probably know the one I'm talking about there next to, next to the railroad tracks off 78. And... Um, it completely flooded because at that time they, did, they hadn't done the drainage work in Shirts next to the high school. And so it completely flooded. It was just a river. All of Shirts Parkway and Elbel and everything was a river over there. We couldn't get in there and get it out. And I told the story earlier this morning. They sent in dump trucks and tied ropes to those old people and put them up in the back of the dump truck so they could get out of there because it was the only thing heavy enough and tall enough to be able to drive people out in flood. This was an incredible, incredible flood. We had... Uh, about a, uh, almost 12 inches fell in San Antonio, which was a record. Uh, it beat the 1921 record. We had 11 people die in Bear County. 29 people died in this area. And, of course, all the water decided, uh, as water does, to go south. And when it did, it took everything with it, the trash and boats and people's homes, everything you could imagine, straight down to Quero and dumped it all in the middle of Quero. And you can still, if you look close enough as you're driving between here and the coast on some of those farm-to-market roads and stuff, you can still see stuff in the trees 
from that time, and that was 25 years ago today. We had another one in the summer of, of 2002 that we thought, oh, Lord, what, what's going on here? You know, is this the end? That kind of thing. But uh, that, was the, that was the biggie in um, October 17th of 1998 when that system just set up over us and it rained and it rained. I don't know. I, I don't know if you want to talk about this at all, where you were and what you were doing. I just got a text. Guy said he was over. It was Tim. And he says he was over at the hospital, Northeast Baptist Hospital. And he was working there. And the first floor was completely flooded. Cars were floating in the parking lot. And no one could get in and out of Northeast Baptist Hospital, and uh, you had to work a 24-hour shift because you couldn't leave. Let's go line one. John, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning, John. Good morning. The thing about that weather system was that the whole Guadalupe River Basin uh, received incredible amounts. I think Bull Verde was the top at around 24 inches. Uh, the whole basin at the same time took that rain. And in New Braunfels, uh, my hay man had a lease for hay right there at uh, I-35 and Guadalupe at the Mission Valley Mills. And he said, come on over here, I want to show you. It was a house, a ranch house with just one roof line. Okay, it had been picked up and moved. They didn't know at that time how far, but it was miles downstream, lodged up in the pecan trees. And he says, look at this. And he took the patio screen door and just moved it back and forth. The yeah, whole house yeah. Was complete. The t- Table yeah. inside had stuff on it. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people remember that. And and thank you, John. I appreciate your call. That was one one of the times that Bubba's big deck in green was completely washed away because the river there uh, in that area was way over its banks. It was just amazing. You know, River Road just didn't exist at the time because it was just completely underwater and all that stuff got washed away. Big buses that like Rockinar and the others use were completely washed all the way down the river. I never saw anything like it. And, and I shared the story earlier this morning that there was a place, my parents lived in Seguin at the time, and there was a place at 725 and 78 in McQueenie that I used to go by, and it was like a boat storage facility. Like, if you're going to store your boat for any length of time, you can put it there. Well, that be, and it, the building's still there. It's not that anymore, but the building's still there. And that became the place where all the boats that were washed all the way down to the coast were brought, and insurance companies would go over there and do their insurance work um at at that place there at 725 and 78 in uh in mcqueenie it was a yeah of course you know 100 year 500 year whatever you want to call it flood it was absolutely devastating uh the numbers um in three hours time it would have filled up the alamo dome from floor to ceiling that's how much rain we got in san antonio and by virtue of of just you know more luck than anything else, the year before, actually the December before that, they had finished that big drainage project in downtown San Antonio. The the December before that, that was in October, and that drained a lot of that water out of downtown. So downtown didn't flood as bad as it could have. Of course, thirty five underneath it it flooded and everything else, but the downtown area was saved from a lot of flooding due to that drainage project they had finished that year. I just, you know, when I come across these stories, the first thing that hits my head, I don't know if it happens to you too, but first thing I go through is, that was 25 years ago? (laughs) Where does the time go? But, yeah, it was 25 years ago today that that began here in our area. It was total devastation. It was just incredible. All right, a quick break here. Uh, 5.210, 5.99. 
210-599-5555. Taking your calls right now. We'll tell you about Amogee Bank and David McGee and his great team. He's the president of Amogee Bank. They have more than 80 branch locations around, and you're welcome to stop in at any of those branch locations and sit down with your Amogee Banker and talk about your family's finances and what you'd like to accomplish. And right now is a great time to accomplish a lot with your family's finances in banking because of the interest rates and the way they are right now. You can pile up some good cash, but you need to know what you're doing. And your friends over at Amogee, they know what they're doing. So they're going to be able to help you put together a program to make money with your money right now in 24 hours a day, even while you're sleeping. You can make money with your money if you know what you're doing. And Amogee can help you with all that for your family. And I've told you many, many times that they are specialists in family-run businesses. If you have a dream for a family-run business, a thought for a family-run business, or you already have an established family-run business, I want you to check into Amogee Bank and talk with them. You can even call David if you want, the president of the bank. He'll talk with you. He'll meet with you and talk with you about your family-run business and how to maximize the potential, and then they can help fund it as well with more than $12 billion in assets. They're ready. They're strong. They're ready to help you out at AmogeeBank.com. That's AmogeeBank.com. Amogee Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The future of stone is porcelain. On that day, 25 years ago, my son was 10 years old, had just started playing hockey, had to be on the ice at 7 a.m. We lived in Seguin and drove to 10 and days of ball of the old Crystal Ice Palace. I remember that. At 8 a.m. we headed home. I-35 was already flooded, took a detour. Thank God I made it home. Five minutes later, I-10 was shut down. I remember that, too. Like a true hockey mom at one point, I wondered if we could manage to take his bag equipment if we had to abandon our truck. <laughs> take the bag. Don't leave it in the truck. And that's Peggy from Seguin. Thank you, Peggy appreciate it very much. All right, let me take a couple of minutes here before the top of the hour, 651 now at KTSA. Phones are always open at 210-599-5555 and get you up to date on Israel and what's happening there. Uh, we're going to stay on top of this, talking about the issues that matter, and this is it right here. Uh, the president is going to be headed to Israel later on today. Not really sure what he hopes to accomplish. You know, we one can speculate about taking bags of cash to try to get the release of the prisoners over there, but <clears throat> we, we shall see. Uh, otherwise, I have no idea what his presence in Israel is going to accomplish. If you want to maybe, you know, speculate on that, feel free to do so at 210-599-5555. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to <clears throat> pressure uh, Benjamin Netanyahu into not attacking. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, he's, he's had Antony Blinken over there all week long, basically living in the Middle East right now, and I believe trying to pressure Israel into changing course and not going in with the overwhelming force. That's why you're hearing the Democrat media in this country use the term proportionality. And what they're saying is that Israel's going to go in with this overwhelming force, and they've got all the great bombs, and they've got all the great guns, and they've got the tanks and the trained guys, and they're going to go in and just mow over Hamas. Well, I certainly hope so. But the media's already talking about how, well, no, their response needs to be proportional to what Hamas did. Oh, bullcrap. They need to go in there and utterly decimate Hamas where they can never reconstitute and never come back and never be a threat to Israel ever again. So the president's going to go over there today. There's an immense amount of American Naval and Marine Corps firepower in the region. That include numerous Air Force squadrons that are being deployed to the region right now as we speak. We're gearing up to defend, apparently, Israel from Hezbollah and Iran, who is threatening to attack Israel in a preemptive strike. 
in addition to two carrier strike groups that are there, the 26th Marine Expeditionary Unit Special Operations are on the way from Kuwait on the amphibious assault ship USS Bataan. About 2,400 Marines and sailors. Aviation units with the F-35B, the MV-22 Ospreys, and other helicopters as well. An infantry battalion with the artillery and track units. Sounds to me like we're going to war. In addition to whatever special operations that we're going to need in the area, they're also on the way. As you know, two carrier strike groups are there uh, trying to deter Iran and trying to deter Hezbollah in the north. And the Pentagon told 2,000 troops yesterday to be ready to deploy for support, providing medical support and advising uh, Israel and the troops there as well. Let's go to line one. Daniel, you're on KTSA with Trey. Go right ahead, sir. I think Joe Biden's going to do the right thing. He said, you let the Americans go, and you can keep me. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> Let the Americans go, and you can keep me. I'll stay here. You know, there was a, a Roman Catholic cardinal over there in Europe somewhere who, who said the exact same thing. That's funny. Anyway, um, the Iranian-backed terrorist group Hamas planning a surprise attack any moment now uh and that's what they're saying the reason for the delay is i don't know so much if that's the reason for it other than uh what i feared from the very beginning and the reason they have held off until now from the very beginning is that israel was being sucked into basically guerrilla warfare and a bunch of booby traps down inside of gaza when you get to gaza it's all these homes and, and in that part of the world i've been there they build on top of each other they build up because it's very restricted land right you don't have a whole lot of land so it's not like here in texas where we build ranch houses that are spread out over you know half acre quarter acre uh, multiple acres, they, they they build straight up into the air, and you've got families living on top of each other. And the rats are down in tunnels that they have built. Some of those tunnels under Gaza are big enough to drive trucks through, army trucks through those tunnels. They have air in there, and it's, you know, a lot of this money has come either from Iran, from us, going through Iran to them to build this infrastructure over there, or directly from us, money that we gave directly to the Palestinians in Gaza for things like food and humanitarian aid, and da -da 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 -da, on and on it went. And they have used our money to create this terror infrastructure that is killing Jews. That's exactly what they have done. It's our money. And so uh, the, the vast majority of their folks are down, you know, the, the bad guys are down in tunnels uh, underneath Gaza and ready to come up out of those tunnels and attack Israelis, and I think that's what they're planning for. They're, Israel's getting ready for that. Line one, Emilio, you're on KTSA with Trey. Go right ahead, sir. Just to follow up on your previous caller, can you imagine all the hair he can smell over there if he stay there? <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, you guys, y'all are in a mood this morning. <laughs> okay, we'll take a quick break, come back on the latest on this, 705 KTSA. The Ramsey Reality Check is brought to you by...